Welcome to Between the Headphones, a Georgia sports podcast. I'm John James, the sports editor at the Red and Black, and your host for this podcast series. Each week, I'll talk to Red and Black sports reporters to get the pulse of UGA athletics straight from the source. This week, I'll be joined by women's basketball reporter Bo Underwood and men's basketball reporter Samuel Higgs. After that, podcast editor Jim Bass will make his Between the Headphones debut as he and I head to the UGA Equestrian Complex to get the full equestrian experience. Welcome to the show, Bo. Thank you for having me, John. So last week, you singled out LSU as one of the teams to beat in the SEC. Undefeated, with one of the best players in the conference, a whole lot of accolades, a whole lot of teams beaten. And then Georgia went on the road to LSU's arena and took them to overtime, losing a close game 82-77. to was that a sloppy game from LSU? Was Georgia just on fire that night? What was going on? I think um, a little bit of both of what you just said. LSU was definitely missing some shots they shouldn't have been missing. Georgia was um, playing really well on offense. But my big takeaway from especially early on in that game was Georgia was playing phenomenal defense. This was right after they went up against a pretty good Mississippi State team and allowed 34 points. And in that first half, you could just see that like something had switched. They had they had turned some corner defensively. They were getting their spots on the perimeter really well. They weren't allowing anything inside to Angel Reese, who she scored. I think she scored 30 seconds into the game, and I was watching it like, here we go. And then she didn't score again until like towards the end of the second quarter. Um, unfortunately, I think what changed in that game and what allowed Georgia to lose some of that momentum was they got into foul trouble really early, and that. Obviously, when you have a lot of players in foul trouble, that hurts your ability to stay aggressive on defense and play with the same tenacity. So once they were pretty much forced to soften up on that end, that's when LSU started to score and the game slipped out of their grasp. But Georgia fought really hard until the end of the game, and this was a really good performance from them. Has foul trouble been a problem for the Bulldogs for most of the season? I wouldn't say. This game was sort of an anomaly. I haven't watched any other games this year where I've been like, oh, Georgia needs to stop fouling. Like, this is getting bad. But LSU, I don't recall the exact number, but they shot, I think, almost double the amount of free throws that Georgia shot. And um, Javin Nicholson fouled out in overtime. I think Audrey Warren fouled out in overtime. And that just that's such a blow to your defense that it's it's so hard to come back from something like that. So the Bulldogs went on to build off that performance against LSU. They clobbered an outmatched Vanderbilt team. Brittany Smith led the way with 24 points, uh, almost a career high for her. You had questions about her aggressiveness on offense. Do you think she answered those questions, or do you still have a few more things you want to see from her? That was pretty much the exact game I was hoping to see from Brittany Smith. Um, She, I think the stat is she made like 11 of her first 12 shots or something like that. Um, It might have been less than that. But um, she was really good around the rim the whole game. Uh, she was spectacular from mid-range. She was knocking down pretty much everything from inside the three-point line. And when she's able to play like that inside the three-point line and attack like that and be aggressive, it draws other defenders in with her, and it opens up so much on the perimeter for the rest of the team. So that this game, that Vanderbilt game, definitely looked like the Brittany Smith that we saw earlier in the year, probably even better. So... Yes, um, it's a one-game sample size, but it makes me feel really good about um, the ways that she's going to play the rest of the year. 
speaking of the rest of the year, the Bulldogs are moving on to face a Florida team that only has three wins in its last ten games. They've already faced each other once this season. Uh, Georgia won that one. What were your takeaways from that previous matchup? Well, that was a huge game from the front court for Georgia. Um, Brittany Smith had 22 points. Javin Nicholson had a breakout game for her, um, 16 and 12 off the bench, I believe. Um, That was a game where Georgia shot pretty poorly from outside, but they were able to steal that game on the road because of how good they were in the paint and from mid-range also. Javin Nicholson was just automatic. Um, And then later on in the game, Audrey Warren made a game-winning play in overtime with a steal and two big free throws that sealed it up. So that was a gritty performance on a game that they didn't shoot very well from outside. And it was was a pretty pretty big statement from that team on the road. This time, though, Florida's coming to Athens. So uh, what's the key to Georgia picking up the, the win at home? Well, you'd obviously like to see more consistency shooting from deep. You can never expect... Shoot three point shooting is not a big part of this team's identity, but regardless of that, you can't expect to win many games in the SEC in twenty twenty three if you shoot under thirty percent from three, which is what happened last time Georgia played Florida. Um, they also last time played Florida really struggled to stop Florida guard KK Deans, who was just cooking all game from deep. She couldn't miss. She hit this uh she hit this fadeaway and one three at the I think it was the third quarter buzzer. And it looked like something that, like, Luka Doncic would hit or, like, 2018 James Harden. So stopping her should definitely be a priority for them, for Georgia. And like I said, they need to shoot better from the perimeter because you you can't win games if you're shooting that poorly from deep consistently. So what do you think? Will Georgia be able to put up the outside scoring necessary to beat Florida at home? I I think Georgia's going to win this game. I think it'll be another hard-fought game. Georgia and Florida seem to always um, battle it out. But uh, if I have to do a score prediction, I would say 75 to 70 Georgia at home. Thanks for coming on the show, Bo. Thank you for having me. Now, we'll be joined by Samuel Higgs to hear all about the action coming from the men's basketball beat. Welcome to the show, Sam. Thank you for having me, John. Hasn't been the greatest stretch for the men's basketball team, Sam. They've lost five of their last six. And that one win was a comeback victory against not a very good South Carolina team. What's been the problem for the Bulldogs? Where are they struggling over the past few games? Well, I think the number one answer has to be the lack of consistent production offensively. Um, I feel like most of the offensive production comes from Terry Roberts himself, but we saw what it's like without him in the starting lineup. We even saw a guy like Kerry Oquindo, who put up a career-high 33 against A&M last year, only finish with two points. Um, The next thing that I would say would also be their defense. Around the beginning of the year during non-conference play, they were one of the better defenses in the nation, at one point being within the top 10 in three-point defense. But you can tell that just the offensive production hasn't been well, has been affecting their defense too. You look at the games against Auburn, you look at the game against Texas A&M, they were able to go on these long runs, Auburn going seventeen and going on a 17-0 run, A&M going on a 14-0 run. That's just not something that you can do when you're playing against these SEC opponents. You mentioned Terry Roberts not being in the starting lineup. He's currently in the concussion protocol. His status is day-to-day. We don't know how, when he's going to be able to, th- to return to the starting lineup. If he's out for an extended amount of time, who needs to step up on Georgia and fill that role? So it's hard for me to pick 
one specific person because basketball is a team game. So if we really look at it, the team needs to be playing better. They need to be playing a more consistent level of offense. They need production coming from everybody, whether in the starting lineup or coming off the bench. But if I had to pick one person in particular, I'm really like, if you could flip a coin between Justin Hill and Cario Oquindo. Mike White's mentioned it before. Justin Hill is one of the better better ball handlers on the team, and he had an amazing game against Texas A&M, putting up a season-high 20 points. And then when you look at Cario Oquindo, he's had games where he's been the best scorer on UGA's team, or and there's been other games where he's been pretty much non-existent, just like what happened in Texas A&M. So we're going to need to see both of those guys step up if UGA wants to win some, clo- uh, win some of these games coming up. Their next opportunity to step up will be against Kentucky on Saturday. In the last game against Kentucky, Oscar Shibway put up 37 points and 24 rebounds. It was simply dominance from him. How can Georgia slow him down? There's a simple answer, John. You can't. Uh, Oscar Shibway is one of the better players in the nation. Heck, he's the reigning national player of the year from last season. Um, And then just looking at what Georgia struggles with, they struggle to get rebounds. They struggle with interior defense, and that's where Oscar Shibway will eat. So it's going to be very hard for them to slow him down, but they need to find somebody who's willing to fight for rebounds against Oscar Shibway and finding somebody who's willing to be scrappy in the interior defense. Last week, you said that Kentucky's home crowd played a pretty significant role in the outcome of their last game. You said that in the second half, that crowd just got roaring and Georgia just kind of got frazzled by it. Do you think the home crowd at Stegman will be enough to put the Wildcats off their game? I sure hope so. I mean, the basketball team is going to need Stegman to be rocking if they want to have any effect against uh, Kentucky. Um, The team... Any team feeds off the crowd, and if the crowd is not on your side, then you're not going to be playing a good game. Um, so they're going to really need the people in Stegman Coliseum to be on their side for that game. Beyond the crowd, what's the recipe for Georgia to win this game? Do you think they've got a shot without Terry Roberts? I it, I really don't think they have a chance with Terry Roberts unless everybody starts playing some really good ball. Terry is a guy that helps orchestrate the offense and the defense. He's a leader on this team. And, you know, Coach White's been talking about the guys that have been trying to step up. He mentioned Justin Hill today at media availability as a guy that has been stepping up as a leader. Um, But it's just going to be a hard game for them to win. Shibwe is just a dominant force, and Kentucky's a very good team. Thanks for coming on the show, Sam. Thank you for having me. We're going to take a trip to the UGA Equestrian Complex with podcast editor Jim Bass, featuring a special appearance by assistant photo editor Katie Tucker. John is taking a seat in the bleachers here. It's a very packed audience. Um, a very country bluegrass audience, I must say. Um, which is a very, it's very interesting vibes out here. It's very cool to watch, though. So it's just like a family event for everyone to come out and watch. All right, well, we walked around for a second. We do realize that this sport is very complicated, John. 
Um, well, John, um, like, like we mentioned earlier, we are really relatively new to equestrian, the sport of equestrian. Um, so we're actually going to go interview a few of the audience members out here and see what, what brings them out and maybe if they can tell us more about the sport in general. Absolutely. Sounds like a plan to me, Jim. First off, what is your name? Nicole. Nicole, what's your last name? Amin, A-M-I-N. Awesome. Um, and uh, what brings you out here today? Well, my husband and I are both Georgia alumni, and our daughter, who's eight, um, she rides horses, and we heard about this competition starting today, and we were excited to come back to Athens and support the dogs. Absolutely. Where are you from initially? Um, in Brazelton, Georgia. Oh. Uh, but cool. we live in Cumming, Georgia. I gotcha. I gotcha. And what's your experience been so far? Um, we think it's awesome. The grounds are beautiful, and it seems like a fun event. Just something new. Yeah. yeah. And how much how much knowledge do you have on equestrian? After review. Um, not personally, not that much. Kindle like I said, my daughter rides. Um, Sixty-five. Sixty-five. So it's a new sport that we're getting into Jordan's as a family. Famous. Um, while we're um waiting around, it looks like the first event has ended. Um, once again, uh, the vibes here are quite nice. I mean, there's a lot of people out here. I didn't realize equestrian was this big crowd-wise. Um, seems like a really good family event. A lot of cowboy hats as well. Well, yeah, the UTA took the first event. You have to wonder if that home field advantage, that the crowd supporting UTA had an impact on that. Because technically, South Carolina came into this event as the favorite. They're the five seed right now. Georgia is the seventh seed. So Georgia pulled off a big win in that first event. I have noticed a lot of South Carolina fans out here today. A lot of South Carolina Gamecocks, uh, uh, shirts and hats. Um, I have to wonder, um, their fans seem really, really uh, reliable um, travel-wise um, going to the place to place. I think SEC fans all together are very, are very passionate about their teams. They're willing to travel anywhere. I mean, just just a few weeks ago, I was crowded on a fan full of Bulldog, on a plane full of Bulldog fans from Minnesota of all places. So like, SEC fans are some of the most emotional, passional, wonderful fans in the world, and it shows in every sport. Well, first off, what is y'all's names? I'm Willis. Willis? Emma. Hunter. And, well, what brings y'all out here today? I see all the Spike Squad here. Well, we, uh, it was on our schedule, and we got enough people out this time. You know, we've been trying to get out here in the fall, but it was tough with our schedules to get everyone to commit to it. And we finally got a group out here because it's a Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. And it feels great out. I know this is, like, probably the first event of the semester, correct? I think I think it's the first event of the semester here. Yeah, this is the yeah. first. Yeah. Um, so, how's it been so far for you guys, experience-wise? This is really cool. It is. It's been fun trying like trying to explain some of it to them because like I have like some equestrian background because I worked at a camp that dealt with horses, and it's like fun to see like people enjoying something that I've come to enjoy recently. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I also I'm here with my sports editor John, um, and we don't really know too much about what's going on either. Uh, could you explain a little bit? Um. So there's two events in each. Um, discipline there's uh horsemanship and reining in uh, western and then flat and um um the other type of jumping fencing. fencing fencing but they're both like jumping events um and english is just a little bit different because the way the saddles work and the way um the stirrups are um but you're gonna see probably a bit more speed from the Western discipline in raining. Um, I asked one of the moms about it. Um, her daughter's Courtney and she does raining and um, they're gonna get up to a low, which is like a good pass, like 
run for the horses um, and it's a little bit of different of a pattern that they go around for it um, and then the scoring is different for both she was explaining to us um, I knew about the scoring for English is like up to 100 that they can get and then for the Western they start at 70 and then that's the baseline and they can go up or subtract from that gotcha so, yeah. that's a good general thank you yeah. so much for explaining a bit um, She's been teaching us all day. Yeah, I've been yeah. teaching them all day. Um, I'm, I'm in a horse class right now, too. With, oh, okay. Uh, dairy Sciences. Yeah. It's like a beginning horsemanship, so it's like basic groundwork, and then you work up learning different horses' gates um, from a walk all the way to a canter. Very yeah. cool. And then each um, each team rides the same horse for, like, the competition. So, like, so like there would be ten. There would be, there's two rotations for, like, each horse. Horse, yeah, for, oh, okay. for the horse. So, yeah. like, South Carolina will ride this one horse, and then Georgia will ride this Still one. Seat, and it's just, like, one Flat. player from each of the teams. Yeah. Demo. Whoever gets the higher scores, they get the point. Oh, yeah. that's very cool, very cool. I actually did not catch on to that. So That's why you didn't see scoreboard points until the second rotation, yeah. because that's when they calculate it. Oh. That's why it took longer for that yeah. last one, too, because there was a ride that was under review. Yeah. So, yeah. Very cool. Well, thank y'all so much for explaining a bit. And thank y'all for talking with me. I appreciate it, y'all. Yeah. It's been about an hour or two since we've been out here. It's been really nice. Um, it looks like horn, the horses are warming up right now for another event. Um, the sun is out. Not a Almost not a cloud in the sky, but it is still very cold out here. So uh, everyone's bundled up in all these jackets and, and uh, nice warm hats. Um, we might go down to the concessions line a little bit and try out their uh, try out their food and see what they have. Nothing keeps you warm like a hot dog. Nothing so at all. True. So true. The line, folks, is long. It's wrapped around. It's like halftime right now, I think. It, I think we can call it halftime. It is I, called halftime. I call it halftime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree. And there's also two meets today, so right after this one. 3.30, Briar College, after South Carolina, so. Full day of equestrian. Full day of equestrian here at the equestrian complex. Well, me and John just got some hot dogs. I got two hot dogs, John got a hot dog. John, how's it taste? I hereby declare that this is a good hot dog. Oh, absolutely, and they were selling for cheap too, this good concession stand. It did take a little while, but I know me and John, we enjoyed it, stayed out of the cold, and now we're sitting, I'm here with a, um, actually, assistant photo, photo editor and photographer, uh, Katie Tucker, here photographing the event. Uh, Katie, how's your experience been right now? Um, it's fun. I'm, like, kind of getting the rhythm down of it um, because it's the same kind of, like, process every time. And this is my first equestrian meet, so trying to, like, figure that process out and know, like, from a photo standpoint of, like, where to stand and where the best moments are going to be. Um, I've been here like two hours now, and I'm finally making some decent photos. Absolutely. There you go. Absolutely. I love to hear it. And I know we're coming up on the end of this first event, um, or like not the first event, but the end of um, this segment. This is the second rotation for these horses. Um, and things, things feel like they're starting to build up anticipation-wise, so we'll see how the scores come out. So we didn't get to have the most orthodox intro to this segment, so I wanted to officially welcome you to the show, Jim.
Thank you for having me, John. I appreciate being here. Yeah, it's it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, after after we left, uh, UGA stormed to a upset victory over South Carolina in the Equestrian Complex, and then later that afternoon, they really rolled over Sweetbriar College. So it was two wins in the afternoon for UGA. Um, but outside of just like the actual scoring of the sport, what what were your experiences from our afternoon? Um, I had an overall great time. Uh, that was the first time I have been to an equestrian meet. And honestly, it might have been one of the first times I've ever seen, like, horses compete in anything. Um, and I thought the event overall was uh, was really fun to watch. The crowd was packed and wild, surprisingly. I expected it a bit more, a bit more tame. Um, but it was a lot, there was a lot of cowboy hats in the crowd. A lot of, a lot of kids, a lot of, a lot of happy faces, um, which was really cool. Um, and overall, that environment was very fun to be in. And I did learn a lot when I was there, too. Um, and also watching Georgia win was really uh, interesting, too, because it was a home home match. So the crowd was very lively as well. Yeah. Um, overall, the atmosphere, that environment that you were talking about, it was palpable throughout the event. They had live music. They had an MC, an announcer who was making jokes, giving intros to writers. So all of the fans were super happy to be there, and you could tell like they had an attachment to the sport, just like really any other sport that the that the SEC has to offer, because uh, fans are passionate, and that's that's a certainty. Absolutely. And one thing I want to point out that we didn't mention in the uh, in the actual on the field um, commentary we had. Um, they were handing out coffee and donuts for everyone coming. And I thought that was very cool. Some hospitality right there um, from the equestrian people. Um, there was free donuts, free coffee. I don't know, you could tell that people really wanted to get others involved. So there was a whole merch table as well. There was a whole merch like van. Very cool to see. So Yeah, it was a it was a chilly day out, so it was nice that they were trying to warm people up with coffee, warm people up inside with donuts. Um but did you have any final takeaways or thoughts about your equestrian experience on Saturday? Um, overall, final thoughts, just a good time. Um, I know me and you both went, in, went into it not knowing too much about the sport. I come out with a bit more of knowledge of the sport and more appreciation of it. And it was really fun. Also fun hanging out with Katie and uh, talking to her a little bit, getting the photo side of that, of the entire sport. And the photos turned out great as well. So check those out on the Red and Black website. Um, but yeah, I think it went. I went. I think it was. It was overall a great time. Yeah, totally agree on my end. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, Jim. Thanks so much for having me, John. Thanks for listening to Between the Headphones. I'm John James. You can find more episodes wherever you get your podcasts and at redandblack.com. For even more Georgia sports coverage, visit redandblack.com slash sports. We'll tee it up between the headphones again next week.